So, okay, the Attorney General says there's too much violence on TV, and that should stop. But even if you took out all the violent shows, you could still see the news. And so until mankind is peaceful enough not to have violence on the news, there's no point in taking out of shows that need it for entertainment value. Thank you. Any comments? Elton? My foot hurts. Can I go to the nurse? Travis? Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. Fine holiday fun. Hello? Was I the only one listening? I mean, I thought it reeked. I believe that was your designer imposter perfume. Welcome, people, to uh, episode 109 of Dude and a Monkey, uh, an official filmramp.co.uk podcast. Hey. I'm Mark Foster, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host. Ian yeah, Loring. Hi, guys. Hello. We have a more of a um, an actual kind of regular show, I think, yeah. planned uh, today. We're bringing you a review of the Arnold Schwarzenegger art house uh, movie, Maggie. I never thought I'd ever fucking say that. Um... <laughs> We'll have some uh, one-on-one new kind of uh, what we've been watching kind of mixture uh, of how we're doing things now. Uh, we're going to get to the penultimate episode uh, of our uh, Police Academy marathon, a marathon that was uh, that was kind of suggested off cuff, and we're kind of getting to the point where we're going. Um, we've spent two blocks on it. Fuck! 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 Our next marathon's got to be fucking great to kind of yeah. wash out the taste of this motherfucker. Pretty much. Uh, and then we have got one question, uh, which is actually quite an interesting, quite an amusing oh, yeah, question. Um, I really don't want to get into much election talk because it'll, it'll only depress me even fucking more. Totally. Um, so, yes, so without further ado, Ian, is there anything that's kind of happened this week in the film world that's been interesting? It hasn't really, has it? It's been quite 
Not really. No. no. I mean, no. we both we both started playing Sleeping Dogs on the PlayStation Four we along did. with I, uh, playing I, Chapman. Yeah. But... How are you getting on with that? Uh, <laughs> I've I found it at points it's, it's it's entertaining everything like that but i find it at points really quite difficult i don't know if it's just that my gaming skills are so fucking weak at the moment because all i've done for like the past year essentially is just play fifa and not play much else or whether or not but it's just actually a quite difficult game i um i, I reached the part basically i started downloading it's 11.99 on playstation store at the moment for the definitive edition which yeah. seems really cheap it does um, you're like, 11 or not, 11.99, yeah, I'll try out a game just on a whim at 11.99, thank you very much, why not? Mm. Um, and and I, I played a couple of hours of it on PlayStation 3 as well, because it was on PS Plus um, uh, at the time, it was around the time I got the PS4 though. So yeah, I mean, basically I was downloading it, and it kind of lets you play the first bit while it's downloading the rest of it. So I got up to the bit where it basically says, right, you've got to wait for the rest of it to install now. Um, which is after the bit where you're chasing down that guy who um, Winston sends you to kind of like talk to that um, guy who is basically now on Dog Eyes' side and not not Winston's side. Yeah. And like you've got to like kick his mate's asses and then kind of kick his ass. Yes. Yeah. So, I got to that bit and kind of like unlocked my like the, the like the, the your room and whatnot, and then it said, "Right, you got to wait." Yeah, I, I got a little bit further. Than that. I, I waited for it all to download and got a little bit further than that. There's a, there's a bit in a nightclub that is really fucking difficult and drove me fucking mad. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> one, of the, one of those. But then once I worked out a system uh, which involved running into corners. <laughs> nice. The the the, the great old. Uh oh, shit, my life's getting low. Run away! <laughs> Method. Yeah. Uh, served me very well in that. That's all I ever do in Destiny, because the thing is, Destiny, the AI, is rubbish, <laughs> and it will stay in specific parts. So if you just fuck off elsewhere, it'll, you, like, they just, they won't even chase you, and then you can just regain your health. Yeah, well, the problem is. That just... game, slight tangent, sorry, Destiny is the gaming equivalent of a hate fuck. <laughs> well, you, you're not enjoying it, but you just keep on doing it. Uh, no, no, it's like you, you, you get base pleasure out of it, but there is so much about it that drives you up the wall. <laughs> but you just keep on coming back to it. It's Anyway, sorry, go on. Oh, it's all right. The other day, I played FIFA for about two and a half hours just to not watch any of the election coverage because I had a bad feeling. And mm. I was watching it and I was playing it going, I'm not even enjoying this. I'm genuinely not even enjoying playing this right now. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, right, so um, it, oh, without further ado, Ian, uh, what trailers have you watched this week? I don't think I've watched any, but <laughs> so I was kind of hoping you had some. Uh, I've watched a, a couple. Uh, the first trailer, first proper trailer for uh, Magic Mike XXL. Um, oh. It worrying me a little bit, to be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah, it 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 looks really fucking stupid. I I um in Empire this month they had like a location report and Shine mm-hmm. Tatum was saying this one's way more fun. It's basically the film people expected the first one to be. Which is and a... I'm just like I don't want to yeah. watch the one I expected the first one to be. I want to watch Magic Mike. Yeah, that, that, because the thing is that was the thing that was the reason why Magic Mike was so great. Because it wasn't the film you were expecting it to mm. be. If you give me the film you're expecting it to be, it's a little bit like, oh, really? You know, mm. and I don't mind them making it a little bit more fun and everything like that. But that it, it 
yeah, I mean, watch the trailer, I just went, all right, so this one literally just is guys dancing and gyrating and stuff. Okay. You know, yes, the, the dance bits were quite fun in Magic Mike, and I enjoyed them, but if that is it for near two hours, where it's just innuendo and um, phallic replacements, then it's a little bit... Really? I'm very, very much depending on the reviews on, on Magic Mike XXL. Yeah. Um, watch the trailer for Return to Sender, um, which I'm hoping is forming some kind of Rosemond Pike um, crazy bitch fucking trilogy. Nice. Um, she plays a woman who is attacked and um, raped, who then uh, seems to pursue, because the guy gets caught and imprisoned for it, and then seems to kind of pursue him and start a relationship with him when he gets out of prison. But then there's all of this madness going on, and I was kind of watching it going, holy fuck, I really hope this is like some kind of unofficial trilogy in her mind, where it's it's the Mad Bitch Revenge trilogy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it looks it looks utterly bonkers, and I am so on board. Who's the rapist? Um, Shiola Fernandez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in it, also, it's got. I want to say John Voight, but it might not be John. Voight. No, it's not. It's Nick Nolte. <laughs> oh, okay. Nick Nolte plays her dad. Uh, in it, yeah. Uh, there was the uh, Vacation Red Band trailer. Yeah, I meant, do you know what? I meant to bloody watch this. I don't know what happened this week. I just didn't bloody watch anything. How is this? Um, it, it looks... It looks... It looks terrible but i know i'm gonna watch it do you know what give me a couple minutes i want to watch it all right go on do you mind? no no i'll be go watch it okay all right Ian, so you've just watched the vacation trailer uh what do you think um yeah i am somewhat interested yeah, that, uh, I'm, more, yeah. I'm more interested than i thought i was going to be to be honest um even though it does kind of do that 21 Jump Street yeah. commenting on itself thing. But, you know, that was that was the new vacation is going to stand up on its own. I, the thing is, the thing is about that. The exchange, it's basically, I've never heard of the original vacation. Oh, uh, well, this vacation, new vacation is going to stand up on its own. And it's just like, well, is that, that doesn't make sense as a response. <laughs> because he's saying, I, I've never heard of the old vacation. So it's like, well, why would he care if it stands up on its own? Yeah. It, it, there might be more in that joke. I hope so. I hope so, because yeah, I thought, that doesn't make sense. The thing is, is, is what's interesting is, they had two choices with the vacation property. Did they remake it, and essentially have it as a new Clark Griswold, or did they go down the, the route that they've gone down, where they don't have Clark, they have a, 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 almost like a Clark 2.0, in his son Rusty, and that way they can have Clark in it as well. And that kind of, they went down that route rather than the remake route. And it, it's kind of now it's, right, is that going to work? Um, and Ed Helms, it, you know, it, it's a good choice for it. It's very much, you know, he fits that idea um, of, you know, that kind of, you could see him being that character um, and we do have that kind of zany I like the fact as well that we're clearly getting an R-rated comedy as well 
mm. it's not going for a, a PG-13. Uh, but so yeah, it, it's one where it looks like it'll be terrible, but I'll probably enjoy quite a lot of it, really, to be honest. I, I quite enjoyed the Chris Hemsworth bit. <laughs> yes, that was. He quite looks amusing. like he looks like he's going to have a lot of fun in it, and yeah. the the bit at the end with the um the girl in the car <laughs> that that you know that actually made me laugh. That I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's um, I it, it's one where I'll watch it at the cinema if there's nothing else out that week. Otherwise, I'll happily wait for it. Yeah, I mean the the, the thing is with the vacation properties, um, the first one vacation is a fun movie. It it's a lot of fun. European Vacation is a racist piece of shit. Never seen it. It's terrible. Watch it, but only watch it to see how shitty it is. Christmas Vacation is magnificent. Mm -hmm. It's quite simply magnificent. Yeah, Christmas Vacation is the shit. And Las Vegas Vacation is shit, but I kind of enjoyed it. Of course you do. So I will probably enjoy this. It will take a lot for me to not enjoy this. But it's not going to be a fucking comedic masterpiece. It's just not going to be. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's how I won't enjoy it. Um, that's about all I've watched for trailers. I have purposefully not watched the Human Centipede 3 trailer because I quite simply don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really want Tom Six to go away. You know, it's... Do we, do, who, who the fuck... I know I can't really fucking say this because <laughs> there's a who the fuck went in a hot tub time machine too. Uh, I did. Me over here. Right, but seriously, who <laughs> the fuck wants a human centipede three final sequence? Nobody gives a shit, right? It does it does Nobody feel cares. like it does feel like its moment is really, really, really past. That that film's moment passed before the fucking first one was released. Now I watched the first one and kind of enjoyed it. But I, I have the human centipede on DVD, right? It is still in its wrapper. It and it will never come out of its wrapper. Because I it was alright, it was funny enough, but I never need to see that fucking film again. Ever. And I, I, I cannot understand why you have a filmmaker who talks as much shit and goes on about how he has so many fucking great ideas and how he is one of the strongest voices in fucking horror, yet he has no ideas, clearly. It's just... I, cannot, I do not understand who the fuck is going, oh, awesome, a human centipede three. What? Really? He's, well, I mean, the thing is, he's being left behind. You know, I mean, like the guys, you know, the guys behind Spring. I mean, you know, you got to say, I mean, the Babadook and he, it follows. You know, they are. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't like it follows, and I think the Babadook's all right. Obviously, your opinions on Babadook are, are well documented, but it at least they are not just not trying to just gross you out, and that's literally all they've got to them, or trying to be. Oh, I'm so clever. Even though the Babadook kind of and it follows kind of has that element, but just in terms of the like the rub in your face in how clever it is, mm. uh, you know, it, 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 which, which human centipede uh, that has in spades is meta ness. Yeah. Um, and no, I mean I'm not interested in the slightest. I, I very much doubt I'll ever watch it. I mean, Jesus Christ, I watched the human centipede too, and that was oh, bad. God, that was bad. Yeah. I mean, the thing is. 
Tom Six is going to be uh, uh, complaining about the uh, possible censorship on Human Centipede 3. If I was the BBFC, I would, I would just ban it just so nobody has to fucking see it. Not because it's got anything gross in it, just because it'll be boring and shit. Well, the thing is, if it is banned, then you'll just get these people that are like all the people who hate the BBFC coming out of the woodwork as they do every fucking time a film gets cut. Um, chatting about how it's disgusting that the BBFC is doing this. And the thing is, I've got to say, slight tangent, mm. the films that the BBFC actually ban, has any film the BBFC has banned in, say, the last 20 years actually been any good? No. You could make a slight argument... To, well, actually, I was about to say you could make a slight argument to say... Um, a Serbian film, but the BBFC didn't ban that, did they? It was um, Greenwich Council, wasn't it, that said that they couldn't show it at uh, Fright Fest. Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the BBFC. Know, I mean, like, it, it, the BBFC did like uh, sanction a cut, cut version. Yeah. But, but then, you, you know, you're arguing there, is that a good film? You know, it, that's a 50-50, I suppose, on that. It's not yeah. universally recognised as being a good film, I suppose. No, no, no. I, well, I mean, it very much isn't. I mean, yeah. it, it just... I, I don't know. It just... The, 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 these these films that get get banned are generally shit. shit. You know, um, Tom Six will be desperate for it to get banned because it's the only yeah. way that people will give a fuck. Yeah. Exactly. And then it will get some sort of screening at Fright Fest and... Everybody at, at like Friday Fest will be all a talk about it, and then it'll come out on DVD, and no one will buy it. Yeah, nobody will give a shit. It's Human Centipede Two, basically. I, it just um, whatever. It's it, the world has gone. Uh, the world of horror and the world in general has gone so far past torture porn by now yeah. that there's just no point. I, I it's very 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 rare I ever want a film to dramatically fail so badly that it ruins a person's career. But I really hope it does ruin his career because he is such a fucking prick that he deserves it to ruin his career. Walking around with his stupid fucking hat, making trailers for his movie that are him walking around a parking lot talking about how gross his movie's going to be. He is a colossal fucking prick and he deserves for his movie to fail spectacularly because it will be shit. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, on to, uh, going on from uh, how bored me and Ian are getting, or I definitely am getting fucking bored, of modern horror. Um, yeah, Maggie. <laughs> Maggie. Yeah, uh, Maggie. Yeah, here we go. Uh, and the, from uh, Henry Hobson, a um, title designer. Designs titles for a lot really? of movies. Yeah, you got, go on have a look at the titles he's designed for... Okay. That's what he does. Is his, you know, is his main job, and he's done it for a lot of big movies. Uh, he, he has made a film called Maggie, uh, and we're going to play a trailer from it, and then we're going to review it. Dad, you've protected me all my life. Now it's my turn to protect you. There is life with you, not with me. Don't come looking for me. I'm safe. I'm fine. 
be someone with this type of infection. Dad! I need you to follow the rules here. Quarantine is eight weeks in. She's probably gonna show more signs of aggression and hunger. When that happens, say your goodbyes and get her straight through quarantine. Promised your mother that I will protect you. Fourteen rules apply to everybody, Wade. Okay, that was a trailer for Maggie, uh, a art house movie about infected, uh, the the infected, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Abigail Breslin, and Julie Richardson. Uh, written by John Scott Three, uh, which I'm guessing that's just John Scott the Third, but he's yeah, just, man, I but noticed he's, that. But I he's been a thought. prick about his name. Yeah, which kind of which kind of immediately made me go. Oh, what a... Call. Oh, fuck me. He did the title sequence for The Last of Us. Yes. This, I could see that. You know, there you go. Uh, it, you know, uh, what we have here is... It's a film where at the start, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is looking for his daughter because she has... Uh, had a runaway, maybe? It's, it's unclear, I suppose. But essentially, he wants to bring her home from quarantine because she has this infection that at some point will turn it into what is, I suppose, in a way you could call it a zombie, but zombie people would then shout at us and infected. Um, so he wants to bring her home to the local farming community where he wants to keep her there under the pretense of until her infection goes beyond when she can actually conjurally think and then he will take her back but he clearly has no intention to do that his new wife julie uh, richardson is less keen on this idea so there's kind of friction that happens there ian uh what did you think of maggie yeah so i had not seen the trailer for this i knew the bare bones of the plot but um i was i was very excited nonetheless though and it's really, really discombobulating watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. It's, it is so odd. It's like watching John Hawkes be the lead in my, in the latest Michael Bay blockbuster. <laughs> and, you know, or like, no, I mean, I suppose a better example would be like Philip Seymour Hoffman in the lead role in Avatar 2. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it is mental watching him in this. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's the film of the year or anything like that. I think it's very solid. I don't think it ever does anything that kind of breaks out of the ranks of solid. 
but there's no shame in that whatsoever. I had a really good time watching it. Um, it's atmospheric. Um, it, 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 I mean, like you said at the start, it's it's pretty art house. Um, and I, I mean, I like the sound design. I thought Arnold mm. was good. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I thought Arnold was actually really good. I I liked that he seeded the screen time to Abigail Breslin. You know, he was a producer on the film, but he realised that he was not the main character. And good on him. Um, it shows growth in Arnold. I I I don't know. I'm intrigued to see what you, what you think now. But I yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um... I, I really liked it. Um, it. It's by no means perfect, uh, but it's an incredibly strong debut film um, from a director who... It, it, it's very strange to have a director making his debut film and it be a film like this and manage to get um, a presence like Arnold Schwarzenegger um, in, in the lead role. And like you say, discombobulated. It's very strange watching him in that role, but it he kind of falls into it very, very easy. I think that is one of the most discombobulating things about it is how it doesn't feel clunky, it doesn't feel awkward, it just kind of feels quite right. And the film, the fact that you've got Abigail Breslin, who's a very good young actress, um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who... Is a very good young actress. He's a very good young actress, yeah. Who is... A better actor than I think he's ever given credit for. That's not to say he hasn't been terrible at times. I'm not saying that, but I think he's he's a better actor and a better presence than he's ever given credit for. And I think that the the, the strength of those two together and the fact that they seem to they seem to bounce off each other quite well uh, covers for we'll say some I would say. A script that doesn't really do an awful lot, really. Fuck, I mean, there's fuck all to the narrative. There's, no, there's, if, there's if, fucking if, nothing. If if it wasn't for the the sense of place and the kind of getting like getting you into this world of like the visuals and the the time the time in between dialogue scenes, this film would have about maybe a half hour's worth of actual plot. Yeah, I mean, part of that, I actually really um, quite liked that. I no, 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 I, I liked it, don't yeah, get me wrong. I, I, like, yeah. I like the fact that, that they quickly establish this is a um, possibly a global problem, but definitely a national problem. Oh. Uh, and it's, it's a national problem that has been going on for some time. But then they very quickly take you from that and they go, look, this is a national problem, but what we're going to do is we're going to show... We're going to show you what happens if you drop it into a, a a small community of people where you have a small community where you know the local town sheriff knows everybody, and he's got to he's got to do these things. He's got to essentially keep order and look after the whole town while also you know respecting the fact that he knows these people beyond just a a high uh, or a I'm a sheriff so there is that sort of linked in within that and then there's there's a great interaction where you, you've got the um her friend comes around um to 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 take her out 
and you know you've got a group of friends interacting and a couple of them are both have you know have been bitten and, and are infected and the rest of them aren't and they're kind of you've got the the kind of the loose politics around that but you've also got the look we can afford we can you know we can associate with each other because we're both infected infected but it, it, it's obvious that society's accepted the fact that these people are infected but they're not quite dangerous yet uh, and it, it's a weird kind of you know that, yeah, I mean, things just... move on and, and, and society assimilates itself into reacting to what's happening to society so very quickly yeah i mean that, that that's the thing and it's like it's not it's not like they've got it down or anything like that you know the quarantine they yeah. kind of mention is like a hot like a basically a horrible place it's basically a large area they just chuck all the soon to be zombies in the same room together and let them get on with it you know so it, 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 it it's not that this is post this and they're just dealing with it um it, it, it but then again it's it, you know it's not post-apocalyptic things no. are you know things are running just about people are surviving and you just don't see many zombie films like that yeah uh, it, it's very interesting and also as well it, they they do very much on its on its face this is a this is a, a kind of an art house horror, horror movie but it, it, it's quite simply not it's a family drama you know what they do very early on is they decide we're not going to show you the uh, the horrific elements there's a moment where um Swatchner's character you know, comes across two young kids who are clearly infected and he has to essentially dispose of them yeah but Eric Robinson decides he's not going to show us that. He's going to show that it happened, and we know it happened, but he's not going to go, I'm going to give you this bit of gore, which would tip it over into the the, the horror um, bracket rather yeah. than the, the, the dramatic thriller bracket. I mean, there, there's maybe one jump scare in the entire film. Yeah. It comes quite early on, when, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're in that petrol station. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's literally it. And it was almost kind of setting you up for, okay... Okay, it's going to be like that, is it? But then the next scene is like them kind of being welcomed home, and you know, just conversations happening, and that's basically what the film is. It's conversations and kind of in between bits where it's just atmosphere. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's what makes the film. It is there's a, there's, mm. a, there's an incredible amount of atmosphere in it. It, it feels, I, I suppose it's strange. It feels like a, like a comfortable film to watch you know it this is just a guy he doesn't want to save his daughter he just wants to get he just wants to spend the last remaining moments with with his daughter mm. yeah uh, no I'm, sorry and that's that's the family kind of drama behind it all he's not trying to make amends for any great injustice that he's committed you get the idea that he's been a very good dad you know but he just he just wants to... He doesn't want to subject his daughter to the quarantine. And he, he wants to just sort of not... He just wants to have those last few moments with her. One thing was a little bit unclear on. You might be able to help me out with this. That, like, option of taking that, like, cocktail of drugs... Yeah. What was that? That's, that's essentially uh, the... It kills them. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, I thought it was that. Yeah. But like, just Donna was like watching a bit, a little bit of it with me, just like while that bit was playing out. It was just like, well, if you, why don't you just? Is it because like if you don't want to actually have to shoot them, then you can give it to them? Or no. Because otherwise, it's like why don't you just put them out of their misery? I think the idea is when the doctor says that. The idea, I think that I suppose that's taking it into the um, the whole politics of it is in quarantine they'd have to quarantine them and then once they get to a stage where they've turned they have to give them that because technically they're not they still they don't die and then they become that they just gradually get to the point where they are that so on a human rights level would you be allowed to shoot them probably not they still have to give they still have to give them this essentially that kills them which is kind of loose and it doesn't need to be there but i would say that would be the argument for it and it's why the doctor says when he brings him that that drug uh the injection says if i were you i'd use that instead use what instead he points at the gun don't he oh no yeah yeah no quite so it was just i don't know that bit i was uh, maybe it's a small point but i was a little bit well once they've turned, why don't you just why don't you just shoot them yeah, all? That, that that that's the only. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. But that is, I would guess, the only argument I could think of that would be for it not. I mean, it doesn't even become a part of the story, though. No. It's not like he has a debate with Jolie Richardson about using it or anything like that. It's just like the doctor says, "I'd use the gun," and by the end of the film, he's preparing to use the gun you know so uh, yeah i I do think the film kind of in a way at the end not i don't want to go as far as say cops out but the end's a little bit flimsy yeah i mean i i i that that fall probably won't kill it for a start yeah no well i mean that's a fair point i mean mean, it just the thing is i was kind of glad it ended in that way because i didn't want like them to just have a big like a showdown kind of mm. thing. I like the way that their last scene together was just quite a nice little scene, and she yeah. she was just like, "Look, when the time comes, put me out of my fucking misery." Yeah, and, yeah. The, and, the, and that was about it. I yeah. liked that. And you also had the scene where she you, you think that she's about to go for him, and he's clearly awake. Yeah, because his hands moving, but yeah. she just gives him a kiss on the head and then fucks off. Yeah, I, that, that, yeah, no, that's, that's, it, it, that. It felt right within the film. It, it felt incredibly controlled. A director who who had a lot of kind of this is how I want it to go. And as well, you were saying that the, the, the sound design is very good, but also well, I thought the music complemented it very, very well. Very nice. That yeah, helps I mean, create the atmosphere that you, you were talking about. I, I think. Uh, no, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the sound. I mean, one particular bit where it really stood out for me is um, the aftermath of her um, eating that fox, and yeah. they're in the kitchen, and you can't. It's just it sound. It's basically the noise in her head, mm. where it's just like she's in the kind of the zombie zone, and not like everything. The things that everybody's saying around her just aren't coming in, and then slowly it kind of subsides, and then the, the voices start kind of coming back. I, it, I don't know. It was like a little insight into what that, what her mindset was, which I, I, I thought was really, really effective. Um, yeah. One, one other slight plot niggle. <laughs> Go on. It might be the same one that I've got. Go on. Okay. The guy calls her and says, like, basically, can you come over? And then when she goes over there, he's locked himself in the barricaded himself in the room, and he said, I can't let you in. It was like, well, why did you? 
Why did you tell me to come round? Yeah, no, my, mine wasn't that. Mine wasn't a plot niggle. Uh, but yeah, that that was a little bit, maybe, yeah. It, it... it was kind of forced so that we could have that scene at that place. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, which I, it kind of like couldn't she have just gone round his house or something like wanted to see him? Yeah, and it, and it, it happened to have been happening there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. My other slight niggle was was Julie Richardson. You can't do accents. You've never been able to do accents throughout your entire career. Why try and do a southern drawl? I was kind of weird that they cast her. To be honest, yeah, like, it's just like. You, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's like all British, all British superheroes played by British people at the moment. It seems, but but it, it is a little bit. Though I'm sure there are loads of Southern American actresses because it's not even that particularly big a part. And well, I didn't even know she was in it. Yeah, like, no, neither did I. Until it came like, on oh, the shit, I, I it. Through, and I thought, ah, oh, that's out of left fucking field. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it it's kind of like you imagine that that she just that, I don't know maybe she just she just like they met her in a coffee shop before they started shooting or something like that and went I'm having our movie oh I'm not doing anything well clearly you're not you're Julie Richardson uh, yeah it was a little bit strange uh, and her character felt a little bit I didn't need her to be honest yeah she didn't add anything there she just cooked badly and just seemed a little bit nervous a lot of the time. Yeah, pretty much. And then she fucks off for like the last 20 minutes of the film anyway. She, so. she could quite easily have fucked off with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like maybe that was supposed to happen, but um, it wasn't going to be Julie Richardson. And then they got Julie Richardson and thought, shit, we better flesh this out a little bit. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much probably done on Maggie, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, Arnold's very good in it as yeah, well. He's, like, he's very, very quiet and like his... I, I, I liked watching his face in this film. He's, like, internalising a lot of stuff. And it actually it, uh, genuinely felt like he was acting. And it was really, really refreshing. Yeah, the fact that we didn't get a big a big Arnie scene in it. Yeah. I, I thought... Yeah. I hope, we, I hope we don't get a big Arnie scene. When, the, when he's confronting the two... Um, the sheriff and his deputy. There. Yeah. I thought, shit, are we going to get a big Arnie? And then we... We didn't. We just got quite a good altercation scene that kind of I, made I like sense. The, I like the way that ended as well. Like you kind of think the sheriff's actually going to go right. Fuck it, I'm going to go kill her. And then she says, "Stop, I'm okay." And he's like, "That's all I wanted to hear." All right. Yeah. I'm off. You know, you, you, you're going to have to watch yourselves, but I'm off. That's literally. I'm not coming here all guns blazing. I'm going to calm down. And yeah, all right, fine. I'm going to back off. I, re- I really like that moment. I mean, that's the thing. This film, just most decisions it makes, I think it makes the right ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is, without question, a definitely not shit. It's a really, really strong movie. Uh, like you said, solid is a, is a wonderful way to describe it. Um, and it, it, it's strange that the best Schwarzenegger, since he's made his you know, return to acting movie, would be a, you know... A, a low budget art house zombie drama. Yeah, I mean, you know it's going to be better than Terminator Genisys. And by the way, I, I, I say Genisys because that's pretty much how it's spelled. I know it's supposed to be Genesis, just in case anybody's wondering. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, yeah, definitely not shit. Four out of five. Yeah. Enjoyed it, would watch it again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope it does very, very well. Hmm. 
And it's and it's on VOD in the US. Yep. Come on now. Yeah. Right. E- easily, easily worth a rental punt. Yeah, definitely. Without question. Cool. So, well, from there, we'll play some promos, some podcasts we know and enjoy, uh, and then we'll get into some. I, I don't know. Is it one old? Is it one new? Or is it just on what we've been watching? Uh, it's kind of a what we it's watched. Kind of what we watched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. Good, because it means I can talk about a couple of films rather than just uh, one film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, we've got like even if we say finish at half seven, I'd say we got easy twenty five minutes before Police Academy. So yeah, easily we only need, we only need like a minute and a half for Police Academy. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically da 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 finish. Yeah. Uh, so go on then, Ian. Uh, do you want to give me uh, your first one that you're gonna you're gonna hit us in the face with? Uh, do you know what? Apart apart from the big one that we're gonna talk about, I'm I'm just gonna rattle through them because yeah, I, yeah, I didn't right. actually watch that much this week. Um, I don't really know why either. Um, oh, I've been playing a lot of Destiny. That's why. There you go. You've been, uh, you've been hate fucking your computer. I, I have been hate fucking my PlayStation. Uh, it's been brutal. Um, that fucking game. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm a level twenty warlock now, though, and and I've now reached the bit where you stop getting XP just from like shooting things, and instead you have to wait for enemies to drop stuff and hopefully if that stuff is rare enough then you'll go up levels or something but it's kind of like potluck <laughs> and you just have to grind through play replaying things over and over again which sounds terrible so i don't know how much longer i'm gonna be on destiny for but anyway um <laughs> but yeah anyway uh so i watched the uh i watched the star wars trilogy the uh, the original trilogy because I felt like it. I watched um, I watched episode four last Sunday, and I watched episodes five and six on Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, you know, Star Wars. I, I I think each one of those films is a five out of five for different reasons. So uh, there you go. Um, uh, do 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 do. I watched Blade Runner. Um, because I felt like watching Blade Runner. No particular reason. It had been ages. Um. Ridley Scott really likes light shafting through shots. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, but I love the mix of um, the, the kind of noirish kind of apartment with the future look outside and then the kind of the weird, kind of almost like surreal Victorian setting of um, J.S. Sebastian's um, place. Um I don't know, it, it, the, kind of the weird melding of time in that film I find fascinating. And um, I don't know, I mean, it's Blade Runner, it's awesome. The mu- I mean, the music's incredible. Apart from, I will say, the bit where he's kind of slightly about to rape Rachel. Um, there's some saxophone music playing in that, which... Uh, yes. Uh, it, it, the, it, saxophone literally is like a fuck. It's raping the phone, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like the the, the it's basically the sound of um, Decker's penis calling to him. It's very weird. Well, myself and Becky have, have, have a bit of a thing where once you hear a saxophone, it, it, it means that things are getting a little bit rapey. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I mean, whenever I hear Careless Whisper, all I can think of is I want to rape that bitch. No, no, um, <laughs> but um. No, I, I mean it's, it's 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 Blade Runner. It's it's great. Um, I don't have much more to say than that, really. It's just it's a film that's been talked about um, much and more articulately by people better than me. So I'll leave it there. Um, and I watched. No, that's it. Uh, apart from the uh, the one thing we're going to talk about, so I'll leave it to you, bud. All right, we'll go on to what I've watched, and then we'll, we'll talk about the one we're going to talk about a little bit more. Um, 
I watched um, I watched a film, uh, Adult Beginners. Have you heard of this one? Uh, yeah, I have, but I can't think why. Yeah, no. it's um, written, well, written story written by uh, Nick Kroll. Uh, stars Nick Kroll as well and produced by him as well. Yeah, uh, okay. Also got uh, Rose uh, Burns Skeleton in it, um, Bobby Carnival and Joe McHale. Uh, story is Nick Kroll plays a kind of a, a, an entrepreneur uh, who has... Uh, has triumphed at TechCrunch with his latest um, innovation and it's about to launch uh, the following day and he's received all of this money and it's going to about go everything like this and he's having a big launch party and everything's going fantastic until he gets a phone call that states that uh, the plastic that they're using within this and essentially from what I can gather what I can remember anyway um it's uh, it, it's like Google um, Glass, you know right. the the glasses thing. It's essentially that kind of thing, um, and so it's that. And he gets a a phone call that states that the plastic he's used in it um, isn't sanctioned to be uh, sold in the UK in the US. So uh, hence the entire company is fucked. So he loses all of his money, he loses all of his investors' money, and it's all his friends who have invested in it. So he kind of goes, moves out of Manhattan and goes back to live uh, in the suburbs with his sister and her husband, played by Bobby Carnival, to lick his wounds. Uh, gets there, broke, has no job or anything like that, and his sister and Bobby Carnival, her husband, decide to essentially hire him as a uh, nanny to look after their kid. Um... And it's kind of that he starts to find himself and all this bullshit and, you know, starts to help, you know, repair the fractured relationship that his sister and husband have got and everything like that. And it's your usual stuff. Uh, it's one of those films, 90 minutes long. Um, it airs more along the side of drama than it does comedy. Uh, there are some funny moments in it, but it is kind of the... Do you remember the... Um, Charlie's Theron movie, uh, adult, youth, youth adult, was it called? Young adult. Young adult. That was it. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar in kind of tone to to that, to mm. be honest. Where it's the sort of film where I watched it, it happened, I enjoyed it, but I'll probably never watch it again. Um, it without question, it's a fucking, it's a Thursday night Netflix movie without question. Is mm. that kind of movie, you know? It's it's funny enough at points. Uh, it gets its message across at points. It's just when it finishes, you kind of go, "Ah, uh, do I give a shit about any of those characters? Probably not." But did I enjoy watching them interact? Kind of, yeah. Uh, the main bit I got out of it was I'm really worried about Rose Byrne. <laughs> she fucking really, really, you know, needs to needs to start taking better care of herself, you know, because she's skipping an awful lot of meals. Uh, yeah. And that that is what I came out of it most. I quite enjoy watching Nick Kroll do his "I'm an asshole," you know, jerk kind of thing. I only Wait, which one is Nick Kroll? Nick Kroll uh, is. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what what he's been in. That's I, I watched because you, know, you don't watch the league, do you? The uh, TV series. Oh. Uh, do you remember the uh, the film A Good Old Fashioned Orgy, which is a film that I hold oh, yeah. quite dear. Um, he's the guy with the glasses who's slightly neurotic in that. Oh fuck those! Uh, what else has he been in? He's actually he's been in quite a lot. It just feels like one of those ones he's been in a US comedy, and there's a certain subset of people who think he's fucking brilliant. But see, the thing is, it, I don't think he's brilliant as such, but he's great in the league. Yeah. Uh, he, he's very, very amusing in the league because he plays a narcissistic arsehole, and he's usually quite good at that. Um, He's going to be actually. He's he's playing, you know, in the the sausage party, the upcoming. Oh um, yes, yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen and John Hill Franco thing. He's yeah, playing yeah. a character called Douche in that. Okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, but he's one of those guys where you go, if you saw just quickly um, type him in and on Google, and you'll go, oh, it's him. Okay. He's one of those. He absolutely is one of those guys who's in a few American comedies that people think is great. Uh, but as I'm of... now going to type him in and have a look. Yeah, uh, and he is fucking great in the league, so I suppose he is that guy. Uh, I watched uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, Solid. Which is... I mean, it is amazing the fact that you've got a, a film from 1995 that stars uh, uh, Dina Mena, um Ice-T... Uh, Takeshi Kitano, Dolph Lundgren, Henry Rollins, and Udo Kia, along with Keanu Reeves, where essentially he uploads things into his brain, but he uploads twice the amount that he's supposed to, so he might die, uh, and he's got to get I, it from one place to the other. I genuinely don't recognise Nick Kroll. Do you I not? have no idea who that man is. Honestly, if you are, if at any point. You, you go in, do you know what? I need a 25-minute sitcom in my life and there's nothing out there at the moment. Give the league a shot because it's really fucking funny. Um, it, it's just sarcastic dick jokes, essentially, <laughs> which is yeah. fucking great. Um, but yeah, Johnny Mnemonic. Um, Johnny Mnemonic is batshit. <laughs> yeah, man. He's absolutely oh, yeah. fucking batshit. It's 20 years old and I will say I've not watched it in 20 years. And I watched it the other, uh, the other night, I watched it on Wednesday night, it's 95 minutes long, it is batshit, and I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Very nice. Um, there is nothing other than that, other than it is amazing how much of an influence this is on The Matrix. And it's crazy to think that this film only happened four years before The Matrix, and people were not saying, holy fuck, that's really Johnny mnemonic even the fact that it's Keanu fucking yeah. Reeves. But I don't remember people saying that, that it was very Johnny Mnemonic uh, when The Matrix came no. out. Um, I rewatched Traffic, uh, the Steven Soderbergh movie, mm. uh, which I rewatched it because I remember watching it when it came out in 2000 and going, hmm. What was all the fuss about? And really, just not getting on with it. And I've been meaning to rewatch it for a lot of years. Mm. Uh, because obviously, watching it as a as an 18-year-old and then watching it as a 32-year-old is two very different things. Sure. 
And so I rewatched it. Um, and now I'm at the conclusion of there's a very good movie in traffic. Or is there just a very good TV series in traffic? And of course, it's based on a TV series. Mm. Um, there's a lot of good in traffic. Um, and then there's um, Catherine Zeta Jones, <laughs> um, who traffic should be used as as a proof of what the fuck world why the fuck for a point in the late 90s and early 90s was Catherine Zeta-Jones considered worthy of being in films like this I mean yes let's be honest she's in this movie because Douglas probably said to Soderbergh oh you want me yeah you gotta have her Really? Do we do we really? But then, but then he fucking cast her in other movies as well, didn't he? So he must kind of like her. But she was really hot shit for a while, wasn't she? She That's really was weird. hot shit for a while. And the the emphasis now, looking back on it, is she was shit because she's so bad in this. Whereas mm. you know, even Don Cheadle is good in this. That oh, is Don how... Don't you knock Don Cheadle just Don... to make a point. Don Cheadle is an actor where if you go back and look over Don Cheadle's career, oh, Don Cheadle. you will go, all right, so he's really fucking good in traffic and he's 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 really entertaining in Boogie Nights, but you go back and watch Boogie Nights again, he's really good in it and he's really fun in it, but when you look at it, he's fucking terrible in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... And I then, watched Boogie Nights not that long ago, man. Don Cheadle's fine. He's yeah, he's fine. But when you look at it, he's a bit shit. Was, yeah, um, but he's 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 really really good in this. Um, and then you've got the whole idea of there's you know essentially the cinematography in it is very much well this portion of it and this storyline is shot like this and this storyline is shot like this and this storyline is shot like this and i'm kind of watching it going i still can't work out if it works or not or if it is just a gimmick that is really distracting i I can't work out whether or not which one it is well it it was in that time that Steven Soderbergh was like fascinated by fucking with things visually you know yeah. I mean, the, the good German was only a few years later than that and that was black and white in 4-3 but with yeah. kind of like modern day talking and whatnot. you know it just the thing it, is, it, with Soderbergh he, he is one of those directors where I find I either get on with him or I don't for instance yeah, I sure. fucking hate The Good German I think it's a bad movie yeah, yeah The Good German's terrible yeah, yeah. Uh, and and this, I, I still can't work out whether or not Traffic is a a good film or not. I, I still can't work it out because some of it is really good and some of it is just not very good. The yeah. bit where Topher Grace essentially goes off into his rant about uh, drug society and things like that at Michael Douglas when they're both sat in the car and after he's finished and Douglas's character essentially goes shut the fuck up it, I've actually never seen it have you um, not seen Traffic? yeah no I mean don't, don't worry that didn't sound particularly spoilery but uh, I don't know I just never got around to it, it that doesn't surprise me at all uh, what I'd say is it's two and a half hours long 
it feels like they've made a mini series and then cut it down into a film. I would be knowing that what what you're like for um, you know visual um, things being shot in, in visual ways um, and not you know having very clear definitions of scope and things like that. I would be very interested to see what you think of this. What I will say is, you quite easily could watch this in two or three goes, and it wouldn't take away oh, from any of the what is it? Well, that has me interested because that's how I have to watch that films w- these days. Yes, so. and that's what I think. You wouldn't lose. There's no atmosphere in this movie that you would lose from watching it in forty-five minute chunks or thirty-minute chunks. Hmm. Um. The closest I think I can get to what it's like in Soderbergh is, um, you know, Contagion. Yeah. Where Contagion is really good when you're watching it, but you kind of get the idea that the most interesting things that happen in Contagion happen after it's finished. Yeah, it does. Yes, yeah. Where it kind of feels like this, uh, this story is actually just getting going when it when it actually stops. Yes. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's bits of in traffic where that you could apply to it but I'll be, I'll be really interested to see what you think of traffic interesting yeah okay i should i should watch it i like the fact that you're saying it can be done in a few goes as well yeah, yeah absolutely with absolutely like, literally maggie is 95 minutes long i have to watch that in three separate sessions mm. uh, but yeah traffic can be watched watched like that you don't need to watch it in one sitting uh, and the final one i'll go into before we get into uh beyond clueless uh which i've just spelt what it is now uh sure. is the cut the thief his wife and her lover uh, which I actually watched because I was reviewing for um, Yorker Fork Food magazine. Um, and I, I watched this years ago when I was about 13 uh, and I was going through, I'm going to watch anything that sounds really fucking pretentious that might have tits in it. And The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover is incredibly pretentious and does have boobs in it. They're Helen Mirren's boobs. Um, which, which my wife actually turned at me and went and said... Ah, so is this the movie that started your obsession with Helen Mirren? And I was like, yes. She went, oh, I can see your point now. <laughs> um, have you ever seen this? No. Oh, holy fuck, this is a movie. Yeah. This is a fucking... Peter Greenaway, who is not one to compromise, and this essentially is Peter Greenaway's attack on Thatcherism. <laughs> okay. And... It, it's, it opens out very much kind of saying this is it, it, it makes a very good point of this is a set there is no realism in this and it is then in, the, the opening scene is um, Michael Gambon uh, feeding shit dog shit to somebody that he is extorting money out of wow that is that is it, um, and then from there it gets even more vulgar and uglier and more fucking disgusting, and he becomes Gambon. Essentially, is a fucking force of horrific nature. Is he saying manja manja while while he's doing it? Worse, it honestly it is it is a fucking powerhouse performance from it from oh. him in this. Um, I won't go into too much detail in it because I would prefer to leave it very open for you to watch it. But it is one of those where I am now going to say, 
I would fucking recommend watching this because it is fucking brilliant. Mm. It is atmospheric as fuck. It is claustrophobic. It is vulgar. It is biting. It is unpleasant. It is brilliant. Okay. It's all I'm going to say on it. And it is it is scathing and graphic and horrible. But brilliant. Well, that... I don't know whether I want to watch it or not, but okay. I'd be very surprised. It, 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 it's like if you took all of the, you know, Gilliam's idea of chaos uh, sure. in his movies, where, for instance, Brazil, you've got all of the, every set is cluttered with stuff, and you took that, but you put it in the hands of somebody who sees the world not through whimsy, who sees it as this horrible, black, ugly place... That is what the thief is why please love it is it is everybody is is deeply unpleasant in it in their own special way. Okay. And anybody who's not deeply unpleasant, something deeply unpleasant will happen to that person. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is it is brilliant. Fair enough. Okay. Cool. Uh, but that sadly is, isn't one that you could watch uh, on the. Uh, I would fucking definitely not recommend watch it on a bus or a go or the train. And it yeah, is one, well, yeah, say, but... a, a night where you go right. I, I know I've got two hours. Bang. Okay. Cool. Right. Do you want to get into the one that we're both going to talk about then? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Beyond clueless. Um, written, produced, edited, directed by. Charlie Line, um, and it's been narrated by Theresa Bolt, and basically it's on Netflix UK now. And, and Netflix um, US. Oh, and Netflix US. Okay. Yeah, it's, on, it's uh, on, I think I think it literally I think it's just on Netflix. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's interesting. Um, so basically, it's a look at teen movies, but like as a kind of a visual essay um, with Theresa Bolt narrating it. Um, and I'm not too sure what the aim of it actually is. The idea is, from what I understand from reading about it, is it it shows ten years of um, of teen movies from Clueless in '95 to Mean Girls in night in 2004. Well, that's what I thought was four, but apparently yeah. it's ten years in between that. Um, and how it, and how you know the influence. Essentially, I'm guessing it's the influence they had on his life. Uh, it's a very personal thing, well, uh, and it's looking at those. It is what I would see would be the idea, but I think we might get into that. <laughs> yeah, one of the many, many, many fails of this film is the fact that it has no clear thesis. I don't know whether it's celebrating teen films or saying. Look at all these films. Look at all these shots. They're all telling the exact same bloody story. Old teen films, aren't they shit? I can't tell what it actually wants to say. Also, it's incredibly loose in its reading of what would count as being a teen movie. Because... <laughs> yeah, to the point where there are, there are films that aren't teen yeah. movies. A teen movie. Now... A teen movie to me, and and I I think I speak for a wider <laughs> perspective on this, is a teen movie where the focus of the story is teenagers. 
and we are spending time with teenagers. I, yes, there I, might be adults in it, and they are in a teen situation. So that would normally mean high school, possibly well, college. The prologue of the film and the epilogue of the film make it very clear that it's focused on high school. Yeah, exactly. That... Which means you cannot count movies that happen to have teenage characters, even if they are maybe not central characters, but very important characters within that. For instance, American History X isn't a fucking teen movie. I mean, in this definition, and the thing is, the film sets its definition up as this. That's the thing. So by this film's definition of a teen movie... American History X is a teen movie. Um, Bubble Boy is a teen movie. Mm. Uh, oh, fuck, what else do we have? There were some really inappropriate ones. Yeah, uh, and I mean, that's not even to fucking count on the fact that it actually leaves out some massive teen movies that happen within the, the, the time frame that it has. Why also, well, if this film's called Beyond Clueless, right? Um, it's called Beyond Clueless which is a definite reference to the film Clueless, right? <laughs> and it is supposed to be, and I'm sure I've seen it in the official fucking literature of it, that it's covering movies from Clueless to around me. I haven't even thought of this. Right? Go on. Yeah. Why the fuck are there several fucking shots in it, many, 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 many montages of Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, a movie that's, released that's f- for... Fucking years before, that is also not a fucking teen movie. Fuck, that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, why is Firewalk with me in this? Yeah. Don't just put movies that happen to have teen fucking characters in it because you like that movie in a movie about teen movies. Because it's fucking not. I mean, there's there's also the structure of the film, which... (sighs) It's basically through the bulk narrates something like it's a chapter something. Through mm. the bulk gives a five minute PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> it, uh, it, like like literally like she's been prodded with a stick to yeah, say yeah. things, and she's going. I'm a journey, man, man, man. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Man, 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 man. And, 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 and basically just reels off some stuff. Yeah. And a, a lot of it, really quite obvious stuff as well. Like, this is the thing. Also, who is this film aimed at? Because it feels to me like it's aimed at people like us who probably already know that the faculty is about teen alienation and everybody being against you and, and conformity being the way. Yeah. Which it's... is... I mean, it, the thing is, right, I think I could probably show Lottie the faculty in five years and ask her what it's about, and after she'd stopped crying from it being scary, she would probably tell me, it, it you know, it, it's about how p- people uh, are all the same. Yeah. Oh, you know how people, the society wants people to be all the same. It's a really, really basic A-level film studies. That's point. it, and it spends a really long time telling that particular point. Exactly. It, 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 it just, I don't know. I mean, like, the, and it's 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 bit on the girl next door as well, 
where it's basically oh, saying God. about how it's actually quite depressing and it's about Alicia Cuthbert kind of giving up her individuality to conform. And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it's a teen sex comedy. Yeah. And that's about it. There's not... There's really not... I mean, The Girl Next Door is not one of the teen films of the last 20. I like The Girl, I like Next, the Girl Next Door. I like The Girl Next Door, but it's not... It, but, it's not on. a film worth focusing on. But, and then also actually getting the intent of the film completely wrong. Yeah, but also, let's be honest, the main films this film focuses on are The Craft, which you kind of get the idea that was to um, coax Feruzi Balk uh, into narrating the fucker. I think it's interesting that that is like the first film that's covered yep. as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Craft, then Bubble Boy? Bubble Boy. Why? Bubble Boy! <laughs> um, you know, the Faculty, which is a kind of fair enough, but that could have been glossed over in a few minutes. Um, mean Girls. Mean Girls. Um, and... Uh, Jeepers Creepers which it, it gets that a little bit do you know what I don't, I don't think that you know I don't think that the, 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 the creeper is trying to rape him yeah I, d I don't know I mean that's it would be interesting if it was anybody other than Victor Salva who directed that film whether <laughs> yeah, that, enough, you, know, yeah. you know whether that point would have been made and again Jeepers Creepers not exactly not, one of the great teen films. It's about, I mean, like, aren't they college they're students? College students, which which you could and, say they could not even be teenagers anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're probably not, and they're on a road trip. There's no high school in it at all. No. That's that's the. It's a really frustrating watch. It, it, and the, what's most frustrating? I was, I love teen movies. I absolutely yeah, fucking yeah. adore teen movies. I was really, really looking forward to this. A kind of examination of the uh, the interests and the ideas and the moods and everything of teen movies, uh, you know, uh, and that era of teen movies was really fucking looking forward to it. And then to get this, which is a collection of montages, oh, some of yeah. them not even containing teen movies, and then... I you know, if you're going to look at teen movies of that era, you can't omit certain teen movies. They don't look at probably the biggest fucking teen movie of that time, and the movie, the teen movie that essentially managed to reignite and relaunch teen movies into fucking being a thing again in American Pie isn't even referenced. There's one fucking shot of it. It's like Jason Biggs, like, masturbating. Yeah. And that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. And, and that was a film that essentially took teen movies and gave it a shake and made them relevant again. Mm. No, you're quite right. I mean, just going back to the structure things, I kind of trailed off. That's the thing, you've got, like, the, the essay by Farooza Bulk, and then it's a montage. Mm. And it's made, these montages are maybe five to ten minutes, while who I imagine is probably one of Charlie Lyne's mates' Mate, bands. bands, yeah. It is 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 playing in the background, and you've got repeated shots. Um, there's a shot in particular of someone diving into a swimming pool and swimming that I think maybe used two From or three times. Swim fan. Swim fan. I thought that was swim, swim fan. fan. Yeah. That that film that that you know that classic. Oh, the rules of the rules of attraction. That classic. Not a team moving. You know, it, it it just it. The thing is, we're getting hung up on the fact that you know they start high school things. Like I said. The film's prologue and epilogue say basically somebody starting off at a high school 
and in the prologue, and the epilogue is about the end of high school and going off to college. Yep. Yep. It, it, it's it's deeply frustrating am, as a movie to watch. I am not surprised that this is on Netflix two months after it came out in like cinemas. And the thing is, it didn't even properly come out in cinemas. It did some sort of tour where Charlie Line did a Q and A at the end. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's one of those films where it, it seemed to benefit from the fact that not a lot of people had seen it. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. I, I don't know. It just it's so weird because I know um, Catherine Bray, who's a contributor to film film twenty fourteen fifteen, she's a co-producer on this, and she loves teen films, and she tweets about them quite a lot, and it just I don't. I don't get what their thesis is. The thing because is, it, it seems to be saying that they're all the same. Like, all these shots are just like, oh, here's the bit where the, the ugly girl gets a makeover and there's a clip from, like, 20 different films. Yeah. Or the bit where, like, the bitches of the high school walk past and there's a clip from 20 different films. The other thing, the thing, the key thing, I think, that... that, that irked on me with the exception of the fact that loads of not teaming but one of the key things that irked on me of this is you've got a a, a, a director and a writer of a, of, a, of a movie which is taking a a look back over teen movies who is only a few years outside of being a teenager himself mm. and it's kind of like hang on a minute you you don't have the life experience to look beyond what has happened to, to, the, to these kind, kind of things. It, it, it seems to be you're trying to take a prophetic look at, 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 at teen life and how it doesn't necessarily mirror, you know, teen movies don't necessarily mirror actual teen life, but they do mirror the emotions of teen life. And looking back at that, when you can look back at it, you know, you notice these things, blah and blah and blah. But it's like, hang on a minute. What, you know, really, really, because you're missing the fucking point. Also, not everything is a fucking gay metaphor. That's a fair point. Because there's a long bit where I'm going. Oh, Euro Trip. Not a gay metaphor. The bit about yeah, man. The bit with Euro Trip. That's right. Yeah. At Eurotrip, I enjoy Eurotrip. It's amusing watching Matt Damon sing Scotty Doesn't Know and the fact that every so often that song starts appearing for no fucking reason. Eurotrip is a fun movie. It is not a quintessential fucking teen movie in any fucking <laughs> way yeah. at all. Yeah. Charlie, you might like Eurotrip. I like Eurotrip. I like to talk about the brilliance of Eurotrip with you. But there is no fucking cultural re- relevance in Eurotrip at all. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I, it just it's it's poor. It, it, it it's fumbles. Not it's very good. It fumbles its premise. It visually, it's not interesting at all. It's eighty six minutes long, eighty nine minutes long, and it feels three fucking it, hours. It was a fucking chore to sit through. Yeah. And I, 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 I think I, I literally, I think it took me about six goes just to get through it all. I, the thing is, I would normally say that most films, even bad films, like this, watch them, see what you think, and I'd like to hear what you think about it. 
And the thing is, is uh, I have a feeling if Noel watched this, oh, he'd be going. He, it would, it would, in some way, he he'd break something in his house. Yeah, <laughs> is what would happen. It will anger him to a point of where there would be a ream of WhatsApp fucking messages to to ourselves yeah. saying, what the fuck? I, I, I imagine that there would be some kind of vortex of anger would be around him at that point. He would gain energy from it. You know, like in in, in the in whichever X-Men it is that Kevin Bacon can harness energy. Sure. That's what Noel, Noel would harness energy from his hatred of this movie. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's de- definitely shit. It is a real shame because I, I, I think the intentions were all right. It, it, I just maybe think that the, I'm gonna fucking say it that the ego kind of got away with him a little bit. Maybe. maybe. I, I, I think he's he's clearly a smart guy, and he clearly is a smart guy, who, who maybe kind of thought that he got let his ideas run away with him a little bit. I, I don't know, it's just an A-level film studies piece to me. It's like a really, really, really detailed A-level film studies piece. It is, it, 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 it is the absolute film equivalent of a, of a band, a local band, that bring all of their six-form mates to watch them and they'll say how amazing they are and they yeah. will wear their T-shirts around college yeah. because they're amazing and they'll be the next big thing. And then what will happen is they'll never do anything. Yeah, I can see that. This will never be the Arctic Monkeys. It will be whatever fucking band was that band that you knew at school. The Pigeon Detectives. Yeah, yes. The Pigeon Detectives. (laughs) Ah, fuck. (laughs) I've seen the Pigeon Detectives far too many fucking times. I've only seen them once. Literally in their 15 minutes of fame. Where they drew a really big crowd at the John Peel tent in Glastonbury. They're from around this area. Oh, yeah? Okay. So they played here a lot. Uh, Right. uh, The penultimate episode of our Police Academy uh, marathon. Police Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. It's better than Beyond Clueless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That should be that should be the retro trailer. Um, here's a trailer. <laughs> An evil crime lord is getting inside information. We've suspected that there was a leak in this precinct. It could be anyone. Making us look like a bunch of fools. Now, Matt. Hightower. <laughs> Hooks. You can pick it up at the police impound yard. Boy! Callahan. Tackleberry. You'll take the bus and like it now, mister. Jones. Target human. Backler. Harris. Make my Christmas. Or Commandant Lazard. I know we shall soon triumph over our enemies. They love their work. shows when it comes to in-flight service and on-the-job safety. 
okay, uh, Police Academy six. Um, what what happens? Um, what's his name? There's a plot. There is a plot. Harris. It, my brain's gone blank. It's Harris, isn't it? Yeah, Harris and Proctor uh, now have their own yeah. precinct. Um, but things are going wrong uh, in their precincts because um, a gang named the Wilson... I only watched like an hour and a half, two hours ago. The Wilson Heights gang, I think they're called, uh, are causing... Um, are running amok uh, uh, around um, Harris's precinct. So the uh, mayor decides to bring in outside help, and who does he bring in? He brings in Lassard. And who does Lassard bring with him? He brings Hightower, Hooks, Tackleberry, Jones, Lassard, and Callahan. And they have to help get rid of the Wilson Heights gang, who seem to be striking in very specific places. Ian, Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. Oh yeah, there's a plot. There's That's a plot. the thing, which is. is amazing. Um, and there's actually a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. Uh, because there's a, an informant, and who's the informant? I like. I do like that the informant turns out to be Harris by accident. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's amazing. I, 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 That's incredible. Um, I mean, it just. I don't know, man. I mean, like, it's not actually. It kind of feels like it's not trying to be as funny as they usually actually try to be. Like, it's actually somewhat interested in its plot and its mystery. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was all right. Um, it's all right. It's the one that I remember from my youth watching a lot. Weird thing is, when they started, Beck said to me, can you remember what happens in this one? And I was like, I have no idea. And then when it got to the, you know, the, the first scene where you have the Wilson Heights gang and then you have the screen and the guy in the yes. silhouette. There, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Now, I, re- I remember all of this, but I don't remember this being part of a Police Academy movie. Yeah, that's kind of actually... Yeah, I'd go with that, actually. It kind of felt like it was more like Dick Tracy or yeah. something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought, I've watched this. I've watched this bit fairly recently but i can't remember any of the police academy bits around it and it's really strange in the fact that that each that, that there's each of the the characters that we've had from the original ones and the ones they've picked up you know kind of along the way as well but none of them seem to get that much screen time individually they just get little snippets of it um and then as it's gone along you start to notice that a, they don't ever really seem to arrest anybody. And B, Tackleberry's mentally ill. Oh, yeah. Like, really, oh, yeah. quite dangerously mentally ill. No, absolutely. It kind of feels like if he was good, like dealing with riots or something, he'd be basically essential for war crimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If this movie were a little bit darker, he'd have killed a lot of people. Yeah, in that first scene, he was shot his... Um, yeah, his dad. In the his dad, face. yeah, yeah. Actually, that wasn't his dad, was it? I thought it was his wife's yeah, dad. Yeah, his wife's dad, yeah. But he calls him dad. Yeah. But Tackleberry does seem like the kind of guy who would do that. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it is more of a team film, like like mm-hmm. uh, my assignment Miami Beach was. Um, and even though the Saad Junior or whoever the fuck he is, it's just why bother bringing him back. Yeah, it literally is. He is just 
do you think people they could have just called him Mahoney and no one had noticed? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. They essentially needed a straight need a straight man, don't they? Yeah. Because all the other ones basically have their one character tick, and that's about it. Um, so you you have to have someone who can just kind of deliver the exposition and work things out. Because none of the other ones would be capable of it. The, 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 the amazing thing is, I think the funniest moment in this film is when the the gang give him the cigar that explodes. And when it explodes, his hat lifts up and then falls yeah, directly back on his head. How the fuck does that work? Yeah, it, but it, it made me laugh easily enough. And the fact that he doesn't get annoyed by it, he just goes, okay, very funny. Also, I, yeah, and I love the, the randomness of, yeah, well, the mayor, but particularly the randomness of him having a mask of the um, <laughs> the police chief at the end. It's just like, what? what? Why? Yeah, and, and the fact that he's, he's again, he's quite clearly insane. You know, the, the opening bit where we get him and he can't remember words. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, it's like... Why have that mask? First off, that hasn't been a part of the film at all up to now. And secondly, couldn't it have just been the mayor runs into his office and says, what's going on? Yeah, it, it's not like at any point they think that... He, that What's his name? I can't remember that guy's name. He's been in most of the films. Yeah, it's not like they even think that he might be in on it, that he oh. might be the informant. They quickly kind of go, oh, oh, sorry, and then walk out, not go, wait a minute, so you're the guy. They just start to walk out, and then because he walks in, they go, wait a minute, there's two of them. No, exactly. It, it, that bit is so random. And then when the, the mayor is unveiled, he's completely insane. <laughs> yeah. it, I, I don't know, man. It, it's... I, I don't know, it's Police Academy 6, you know. I, the thing is, I, I did I not hate it. watching it. No, I, I enjoyed it. it but it, it's, it's, what, 80 minutes long? Yeah, yeah, it's 81 so minutes. so short. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely not shit. But, but, Gee, I mean, but it, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a really it's strange, definitely not shit. It's like the, the closest to touching cloth as you could possibly get. It, it is, um... It, 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 essentially, it's like it's like a not great pizza. At the end of the day, it's still, still pizza. pizza. <laughs> That's a good point. And, and pizza's great no matter what. So it, it's kind of like that. It's it, it's a pizza or a donut of a movie. There are no shit donuts, but there are donuts that are better than other donuts. Certainly, I hope there aren't any shit donuts. Yes. Uh, right. We we do have. Well, next week we'll get to the final instalment of our police academy. I'm actually I'm intrigued about Mission to Moscow just because it kind of feels like the quality level's about to get a hell of a lot lower. Yeah, and it happens quite it, 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 it quite a few years afterwards because we've got to six movies in in only a, like a few years. I think it was basically eight, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, they do the. The six movies and only take one. There's only a, there's every single year apart from one where it skips to two years. And I think it might actually be the gap between five and six. And then there's five years to um, yeah. Mission to Moscow, Mission to Moscow, which we both saw in the cinema. Yeah, man, that's fucked. <laughs> that is that is that is fucked that we both saw this movie in the cinema. Okay, we do have a question. Uh, bear with me two seconds. I'll just pull it. Oh, there we go. Phone's going really slow. Uh, it is from the Ginger Prince TGP73. Uh, as our new Prime Ministers at Dude Falls and Ian Loring, pick your movie star cabinet. 
Okay. Um, Deputy Prime, uh, Prime Minister Donald Pleasant from Escape from New York, <laughs> and I would just want him to say a number one constantly. Um, Chancellor of the Exchequer Michael Bay, because he would use all the money to blow things up and employ women and make it all look really nice, but he'd, he'd spend everything. Um, Foreign Secretary Werner Herzog, uh, because I think he'd do a good job of ingratiating himself with other countries in our hour of need after Michael Bay blows all our budget. Um, what other posts are there? Um, you've also got uh, Justice Secretary and Education Secretary. Okay. Um, Justice Secretary... Whoever came, uh, the fucking, the guy who hosts The Running Man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you mean, what's his name? Ah, uh, him, yeah, I know you mean that. Yeah, that's a good and, one. Um, Defence Secretary, Jesse the Body Ventura from Predator. <laughs> they all work very well. Uh, I'm going to take my, um, my Deputy Prime Minister. Um... I don't know. I have to have a think on that one. Uh, my justice uh, secretary of justice is Judge Dredd. Fair enough. Um, my foreign minister uh, would be Arnold Schwarzenegger, because no matter what happens at the end of when everybody went out to do any to kind of clear anything up, he'd just go, "I'll be back," and everyone nice. would go, "Ah, oh, he's great. I love him here." Yeah, nice. <laughs> So it, it, it'd be great, and plus, you know, he's got, you know, he's got history in, in that in that world. Indeed. Um, education secretary, I don't know. You'd have to have somebody who's fairly fucking, fairly fucking smart themselves. Uh, I'm gonna go for Martin Scorsese because he just literally everything would be, every single subject would be film related. Mm. So it would be. Advanced algebra, and then there'd be a lot. It just show people pie. Any <laughs> 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 go through it like that. Uh, and finally, um, my chancellor the exchequer, um, Kevin Feige, because he just makes fucking money. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, no matter fucking what. If that guy can take fucking Ant-Man and, and actually go, I'm going to fucking make money, and I fucking think he will make money oh, on fucking Oh, that's very Ant-Man, good. Then, then fuck it, why not? Mm. Why fucking not? Mm. Uh, and finally, my health secretary... Um... Callahan from the Police Academy films. <laughs> <laughs> my health secretary... I don't know... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out of left field and go Steven Spielberg because I just think he's really ethical. I think he's a really strong moral fibre, so he'll want to do well by the NHS. And he's all about family, isn't he? So yeah, so there we go. That's mine. Tetris that, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's so much about family. Um, yeah, you know, Temple of Doom. He was all about family during that movie. Uh, <laughs> is that liableless? I don't know. No, 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 no. You're okay. Uh, cool. I wonder what are we reviewing next week, Ian? Far from the Madding Crowd. <laughs> is that what we're reviewing? Yes. Oh, yeah. How fucking dull does that fucking movie? Uh, it's it's Thomas Vinterberg. I'm still intrigued. Right. I mean, oh, it, it came out a couple of weeks back, but 
Yeah. So what? What are we reviewing next week? Oh come on! Fucking Mad Max! I cannot fucking wait. Thursday morning. Thursday night for me, man. Yeah, I'm pumped. Luckily, I'm I'm off all of next week, with the exception of I'm at work Friday night, but I'm off for the rest of the fucking week. So first show in Thursday morning. Mad nice. fucking Max. Might even go again. Might even watch nice. twice. Uh, yeah, and we'll have the pitch perfect too. No. And I'll have the uh, we'll have the final installment of our police academy marathon. Is there anything else we need to go over today? And no, man, I think we're good. Cool. Solid show. It, I it, think. It, hopefully it was. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, we are the an official podcast of filmrant.co.uk. Please head there to uh, read various things that we write and that uh, the oh, our wonderful editor Noel uh, Mello writes um, and. How can they get in touch with us? Do the monkey uh, at gmail.com. Yeah? Indeed. Uh, do the monkey on Twitter, at Ian Laurie on Twitter, at DoForce on Twitter. Please get in touch, ask your questions at any point, or say if you want us to watch anything or anything fucking like that, just get in touch with us uh, from there. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Nice one.